Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good morning. This morning it is. Don't at me. I am Dan Dockich, and we are right here. Hey, um, I have a distaste bordering. I don't hate anybody. I just have a disrespect for the media. I do. Now, you can say that I am in the media, and I will argue, no, 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 no. I'm an entertainer. I don't break stories. I don't want to break stories. I could break stories. I'm about one for three on breaking story. Maybe, no, three and one. But anyway, Jeff Brompton, um, Louisville did not happen. Anyway, I loved Clarence Thomas's reaction. They asked Clarence Thomas when or if he was going to retire. And the Supreme Court justice, who has, by the way, a great laugh, gave this answer. Let's play the clip. Clarence Thomas. One of the things I'd say in response to the media is when they talk about, especially early on, about the way I did my job, I said, I will absolutely leave the court when I do my job as poorly as you do yours. <laughs> and that was meant as a compliment, really. <laughs> I think we've neglected this side of the room. As well. Oh, gosh. All the way over here, yes. <laughs> It really is good to be me. It really is. Very <laughs> quick. That has quickly become my favorite clip. See, you can whine all you want about Supreme Court justices. You can make up stuff. You can go back 50 years and look into their history, but you can't deny they're smart people. Like, if you want to spar with a Supreme Court justice, you better bring your big boy pants. That's classic. Yeah, I'll retire as soon as I'm as bad at my job as you are at yours. Oh, that's awesome. And then he tried to say it was a compliment, which made it even more awesome. Because you know this is what happens in the real world. All right? And this is just, you know... You know all the crap that's written about a man in that position or a woman in that position or, you know, they go back amongst each other and say, yeah, that dirty SOB. They grin blank you is what they do in public. Like Chris Ballard, the general manager here with the Colts, he'll grin, he'll grin blank you. <laughs> he'll give you what you need and then he'll go, yeah, I don't have to deal with those jackasses anymore. I mean, just understand that that's it. And that was so good. By Clarence Thomas, I loved it. I didn't like it. I liked it. I loved it. I want some more of it. Ah, good for him. And he's right. As soon as you are as bad as the media is at their job, then it is time to vamoose. Hey, let me ask you, do you have a number? You know, they say everybody has a number. Now, it doesn't matter. Now, everything's for sale. Every person's for sale. Do you have a number? Jack Nicholas apparently was offered a pretty big number, in excess, according to Jack Nicholas, of $100 million. $100 million. Now think about that. Jack Nicholas made a lot of money, but he didn't make Tiger Woods money. 
He's probably, well, I know he has. He's made way more money building golf courses than he ever did on the golf course. But Jack Nicklaus was offered money to do the job that apparently Greg Norman is doing now, be the front man for the Saudi LIV Golf Association. They wanted Jack Nicklaus to be the face, and they're throwing money around, big money around, $100 million around. What is your number? Um, I got to tell you, $100 million would be pretty daggone close. Like, one of the interesting things in this whole Saudi golf thing is, yeah, there's a couple articles about Greg Norman, who took the $100 million or whatever he took to be the face of it, but it's not nearly as scathing as what Phil Mickelson is going through. Hell, Phil Mickelson is in hiding. But Jack Nicholas, look, he's got a lot of green, man. And I'm not saying that Jack Nicholas should have. I'm not saying he shouldn't have. I'm not saying nothing. I'm just saying that when he talks about his price, $100 million isn't his price. And when I say your price... It's your price to do something that goes against who you truly are. Like one of the reasons Jack Nicholson, Nicholson, Nicholas turned down the Saudi offer was because he would then be encouraging folks to leave the PGA Tour, a tour that he helped start or certainly helped forward. So... It is something untawdry to who he is. And Jack Nicholas's price, good for him, is not $100 million. So there you go. Yay, Ra. Now, I bring this up because I'm kind of curious. There were 12 teams, 12 teams that got the maximum five nationally televised games, all right? There were 12 teams. So of those 12 teams, I'm picking out two. I'm picking out two as we're going to get tired of watching. One, the Dallas Cowboys, I feel like we never get tired of watching. I feel like when the Dallas Cowboys are on, we watch. Like, that's what we do. Oh, man, it's Cowboys on Thanksgiving. It's a hell of a lot better than watching, I don't know, the Detroit Lions. The Cowboys, frankly, are, they show up well on TV. But I'm telling you, five times on national TV is going to be overkill for the Cowboys. We're going to be like, hey, it's another mediocre year, 10 and 7, 9 and 8. Another one of those. It's another Dak Prescott isn't the greatest quarterback in the world. Uh, What are they going to do with Dak Prescott? It's another Mike McCarthy is going to get fired, uh, and that's what it's going to be. I mean, we already know. You know, this isn't going to be some magical run, all right? When you look at the Patriots, I think the Patriots are absolutely going to be a victim of overkill. For example, we're already tired of the Patriots without Tom Brady. There was a, think about this, there was a, all right, who's going to be more successful? Is it going to be Bill Belichick without Brady, or is it Brady without Belichick? That is still going on. Make no mistake. 
But right now, it's a rout. Brady is here, Belichick down here, and frankly, like Kentucky basketball, I don't know. I'm not so sure that Belichick at all are going to be that interesting to us, but but we got Thanksgiving against the Vikings. I'm going to talk about why the Sunday night schedule is terrific and give you some games coming up. But here's the schedule that we get to watch. Now, Thanksgiving against the Vikings, hell, I mean, we'd watch two dogs having sex on Thanksgiving Day if it had a football in between them, I think. I mean, what are we doing? We're eating, we're sleeping, we're eating. We're sleeping, we're watching. All right. Then the following Thursday against the Bills, which would be a good game. Then 10 days later on Monday night against the Cardinals. And then on Sunday night against the Raiders. Now that is overkill. That's like, it's too much. It, it, it's, it's too much. Like, I, 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 yeah. I mean, it's too much squashed in. We're going to be like, we got to go watch these guys again? And if Mac Jones gets hurt, I don't know what the hell you do. Honest to God. Uh, the Cowboys, their schedule is such that they could get whomped on, but we're going to see them five times. They host the, Bronc- uh, the Buccaneers and the Bengals. They go to the Giants. Now, I know the Gi- they host Washington and then go to the Rams and the Eagles. That could be a clear two and four. And then guess what? Every show except for this one that you watch, man, oh, man, you're going to stop be hearing about Mike McCarthy. He gets fired, he gets fired. But right now, as I looked at the NFL schedule, I thought to myself, man, we're going to get tired of these two teams. But again, one shows up really well. I think we would all agree that the Cowboys show up really well on TV. I mean, I don't know why. I think it's the uniforms. I do. If you put the Dallas Cowboys in this color uniform, whatever the hell color this is I'm wearing, maybe this is, I don't know, Jacksonville teal, that ain't that interesting. But for some reason, and I, I don't know that I'm only speaking for myself, but for some reason, I feel like The Cowboys just are interesting. But I think this is the year they don't. I don't know. What do I know? Um, Looks to me like the NFL wanted to get the AFC South out of the way. Like, let's just get it out of the way. Colts, five of the first seven games are against the AFC South. Let's just get it out of the way. It's a garbage division. The teams stink. There's not one interesting player in it other than than Trevor Lawrence. Now, you argue with me. You tell me uh, Ryan Tannehill in the AFC South is interesting. You tell me that Matt Ryan is interesting. Matt Ryan wasn't interesting when he was up 28-3 in the Super Bowl. I mean, let's be honest. There really isn't anyone. Jonathan Taylor might be interesting. Might be. Could be. He might be. But I'm not saying he's that interesting, is he? I mean, he's a running back for crying out loud. Look, you go to the AFC West, you got interesting quarterbacks. What's Russell Wilson going to do with the Broncos? How good's Justin Herbert going to be? We got interesting. But I think they just said, ah, to the AFC South. We're done. Get them out of here. We want this deal over. Five out of your first seven kind of tells me that. But it is interesting. 
I like to say the word interesting today. It's actually my new favorite thing on Twitter. Since I don't argue with people, when they tweet something, I just put interesting above it. It drives people mad. It does. And I like it. But anyway, the NBA NFL schedule, somebody, anybody, I don't care. And I'll, I'll say this again, not only on my show, uh, 12 to 3, but on my show right here, I'll say it on Saturdays at Sirius XM Radio. I'm taking my entire life's fortune, which is about $2.85. And I am betting it on the Colts over nine and a half. That's right. I'll go through it if you'd like, and it'll kill the show. But I'm going Colts over nine and a half. Even if I go lose some 50-50 games at home, they're still going to get to 10 wins. They have the best schedule going, I think. Unless, of course, teams like the Giants, Broncos get really good, Vikings, and then you got maybe a problem. But the truth of the matter is, I'll take the Colts over nine and a half. And, ladies and gentlemen, yesterday... Yesterday on the Dan Dockett show in Indianapolis, the best, and I mean the best, and he would be on this show every week if he wasn't doing a show in Houston. Sean Salisbury told me, you bet your backside, you take the Texans over four and a half wins. I went through their schedule. I see at least six. Just a little help here in the morning. I mean, you're waking up. You're trying to figure out what to do. I'm giving you the goods here. And I'm taking, I've already put 500 on the Colts to win the division. I got them at plus money. They're now minus 125. Schedule came out. They don't have a five-game gauntlet that most teams do. Book it, Dano. Uh, This is interesting because I don't know where this is headed. But Deshaun Watson is going to be interviewed by the NFL in the coming days. Now, he took his team, at least his offense, to the Bahamas to chill, to work, and to bond. That's good. I wonder if Baker Mayfield went. I don't know. But anyway, so Deshaun Watson is in the Bahamas with his offensive teammates. Great gesture. Fantastic move. Got to do it. You're the new guy in town. People want to know you. Are you a predator? What are you about? Seriously. And there's no better way to get to know somebody than to go on a vacation with them. So Deshaun Watson says, hey, I'm on vacation. But the NFL is like, when you get back, we got to have a chat. They got to have a chat about the 22 women that have a civil suit against them. They got to have a chat to figure out what they're going to do with him. Now, I have listened to... I have watched, I have spoken with a variety of attorneys. Here's what they tell me. If they want to talk to Watson, a couple things are in play here. One, they have probably spoken to, if not all, then most. They have spoken to every defendant that wants to speak. You see what I'm saying? You got 22. All right. So every defendant that wants to speak has, according to attorneys that I have talked to, probably spoken to the NFL. You always, when you do investigations, you always sit with the person being investigated and try to have the answers to every question that you ask. At least the answers as told to you by the victims. You know, it's like a defense attorney 
when he asks his client on the stand, he knows the answers to those questions before he asks the questions. Well, that's what this is. So the thought is if the NFL is finally, you know, after what, 16 months or whatever it is, finally deciding to meet with Deshaun Watson, it probably means they have a lot of answers to the questions that they have. Questions about what he did. Questions about what he tried to pay, how he tried to pay this off. Did he try to pay this off? Those are all the things. And then, of course, it is all going to put be put basically in a pot in front of the people paid to make the decision. And the decision is going to be what to do with Deshaun Watson because clearly something must be done. I mean, he signed a big deal. He got traded. So there's at least one team, the Cleveland Browns, that want him. So whatever transpired uh, with him in Houston, Houston did not want him. You know, maybe it was the PR hit. Maybe they got tired of losing games. I don't know. But they did not want him. They could have played him last year, I suppose. I mean, he was eligible to play. There was never a suspension. I admire what the Texans did. Look, I understand that in football, we're supposed to be all in on winning at all costs. And frankly, I kind of am. But I also admire that the Texans kind of read the room and said, wait a second, we don't want to trudge this guy out in front of our fan base. I don't know. You got to kind of admire it. Cleveland is, is Cleveland. I mean, if there's a decision to be made in Cleveland, it's probably going to be the wrong decision. I mean, I think we've seen that over time. Maybe this is the right decision. Don't know. But I'll tell you this, NFL will have this resolved before the start of the season. Because a simple question, if he plays, why couldn't he play in Houston? And why can he play now? What's changed? The answer might be very simple. The answer might be what's changed is they did an investigation. I don't know. But I know this, they're looking to talk. And when they're looking to talk, they do have some answers. Um, I don't even need to go into this very long. I honestly don't. But nobody, and I mean nobody, has been able to explain to me, and I have asked, nobody has been able to explain to me why Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, why this trial matters. I mean, I'm going to go right now to the YouTube chat. Now, YouTube chat gets very political sometimes. YouTube chat gets a little bit hateful to Double D. But YouTube chat is filled with pretty smart people. So let me ask you on Twitter or you on the YouTube chat, why is this trial important? What makes this trial different than any other trial? Like, what makes this Why is this on my television every single day? Now, I'll tell you why it interests me. The only thing I know about this trial is that Amber Heard, whoever she is, took a dump in the bed when she was mad at Johnny Depp. That's the only thing that I can come up with on a serious note that is of interest to me. I mean, I'll listen. I'm dying to hear. I want to hear. Tell me, tell me, tell me, do. But Johnny Depp, terrific actor. Uh, I did have to ask Dylan, what in the hell is an Amber Heard? 
And he told me she was in a few things. All right. I'm in on that. But every, this is like the OJ trial. So I guess what we're trying to do here is bring People Magazine or Twitter come to life. And if People Magazine and Twitter is going to come to life, then I guess I'm all in on it. I mean, I might as well be. Why wouldn't I be? Twitter is my thing. It's my jam. And I don't know. I'm trying to get to, and I'm having trouble doing it, which isn't a good thing. I'm trying to get to the YouTube chat, and I'm having a little trouble. But I want to know, why is this a thing? Beats the crap out of me. I mean, it's Johnny Depp, who, by the way, looks older. Does he not? I think so. It is um, Amber Heard, who isn't, it's not like Raquel Welch in the 70s is sitting there. I mean, you put Raquel Welch in the 70s uh, on a trial, I'll watch. I will. I don't know. I'm going to go to Twitter because I'm having a hard time pulling up today's show here on, uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Somebody tell me. I'm listening. It's driving me nuts because he's a famous name. That's it. The trial is simply for entertainment. Dude got his finger caught up. Apparently, well, I like that. The only reason to stay with someone that long is if the sex is that damn good. That ain't the reason. Don't be staying. Wait, I see, a guy's making fun of me. He's saying it ain't rocket science. He's a famous name. I get he's a famous name, but famous people go on trial all the time. And I honestly don't see, I don't, I don't see every freaking day the trial of famous folk. This is a big deal, this Depp trial. Uh, Dan, it's simply a rich drug addict lover's quarrel. That's from the Outer Creek. I can get down with that. I can pretty much get down with that. I think it's a rich folk, white dude, crazy ass trial to expose rich, I don't even know if they're drug addicts. But I don't know why. I, I don't. My wife, Lee, asked me that last night. She goes, why is this depth thing a thing? I said, I don't know. I do not know. I wish I did know. And nobody's been able to tell me. Uh, Connor Brooks says, this isn't rocket science. It's rich people. Rich people go on trial all the time. Uh, uh, Sean Black, listen to this, says, they asked how he knew she had, she was the one that crapped in the bed, not the dog. He said, the dog is... 10 pounds, it wouldn't be that big a feces. That's the, that's what's captivated the country, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, El Presidente. I mean, all right. OJ trial was the OJ trial. Even before we made it all this other stuff, this was simply one of the most famous human beings on the planet at the time being accused of murder. Obviously, all the political stuff came in, but at its core, that's what it was. Seriously. And at the end of that time, it became much more. But truthfully, at the beginning, it was like, could the juice have done this? The juice is the nicest guy in the world. Holy cow, we love the juice. Next thing you know, you know, uh, the Mad Jacker, Tubin has a book, which I read. Very interesting book. Thought Tubin was a good writer. But that's it. That's it. Uh, tonight, Tonight, 
is the night for feeling all right. Um, oh, Generation Z is obsessed with it. They blew it up on TikTok. That's my guys, Dylan and Ryan. Huh. I don't know. I just know it's crazy to me. Uh, tonight, I think it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about it with Timmy Doyle, the Celtics, and the Heat. I'm taking the Heat. I'll give you a little hint on my betting strategy for tonight. I just think it's a lot for the Celtics to win, celebrate, and then get on the road uh, and win again. All right? Ooh, this is interesting. Depp apparently lost $70 million when Disney fired him because of the allegations. All right, Ed Rogers says he's defending his name because he is accused of violence. That's interesting. I didn't know all that. I tried to find out. Uh, Better question is, why does your garbage get in my feed? All right. If Dan didn't yell talk, maybe we could listen. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll try to talk quieter. How's this? I can be a low talker. I just get excited and enthused in front of the camera. All right, let's go this route tonight. Heat Celtics. I talked about it yesterday. Timmy Doyle's going to break down uh, how to bet it. But I said this yesterday. I'll say it today. It's two great cultures colliding. Both are going to try to play defense. Both can score from the perimeter. Neither, and I mean neither, has a post presence unless you want to call L. Horford that. They're both veteran teams. They both have young veterans. You know, Jason Tatum's, what, 24? He's a young vet. Jason Tatum, if he plays as well as he has been playing, could come out of this series being considered the second best player in the world behind Giannis. True story. He could be. Now, the problem you have is you got guys with him, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, who kind of come up with him. Can they handle that? It's a lot to handle because every guy thinks, hey, man, I'm the man. No, you the man. No, I'm the man. No, you the man. No, I'm the man. No, you the man. Everybody wants to be the damn man. But we're going to find out, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, Jimmy Butler's no joke. I want to see Jimmy Butler get down in the stance and guard this kid, Jason Tatum. I think that'd be fun. In fact, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Like Jimmy Butler, to me, if he gets into Jason Tatum, we could see some fisticuffs. We could see. I'm not saying we're going to throw hands Kermit Washington to uh, Rudy Tomjanovich style. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, What I'm saying is we will see separation between Tatum and Butler, between Smart and Tatum, uh, uh, excuse me, between Smart and Butler. We will see the coming together of two uh, people that have malice in their hearts at some point in the game, and I love it. See, this to me is that kind of series. This to me is the kind of series where you go, hey, man, I'm going to kick your ass, and you're going to kick mine, And we're going to see who gets up in the end because that's the kind of players these guys are. I love the Heat team, man. I think the Heat are well coached. I think they're tougher than heck. Uh, And I've become become a fan of this Celtics team. I've always been a fan of Marcus Smart. Had a chance to interview him as a freshman in Puerto Rico. Thought he was the kind of guy I could get behind. Stop. Okay. Stop. Kind of guy I could root for, okay? Stop. I know where your brains go. I know where your mind heads. Don't head there. Anyway, but I'm fascinated by it. I think it's going to be a blast. I do. I think we're going to have a ton of fun. I think we're going to have people really getting after each other, and I legitimately can't wait. All right, today we got Timmy Doyle. This time we're going to have him, I hope. 
uh, when we come back, I'm going to give you, in order, the five best Sunday night football games. Now, here's the deal. I think Sunday night football got a hell of a card. Monday night football, all right. But Sunday night football has game after game after game after game every, every damn Sunday night. And here's the story. Sunday night is important to me. Why, you ask? When I was a kid, Sunday scared the living hell out of me. They actually did this. There was a show called the FBI. And it came on basically my bedtime. When my bedtime, when that show was over, I had to go to bed as a kid. And at the end of the show, they showed the FBI's 10 most wanted list. And it scared the living bejesus out of me because there was always somebody from Chicago on that list. I mean, always. So Sunday was depressing. I didn't like school. I didn't want to go to school. But guess what happened? First, the Simpsons came around. Oh, even when I was in college or just out of college, the Simpsons coming around changed Sunday night. And then, ladies and gentlemen, Sunday night football. The depression was lifted. Seriously, the cloud was gone. I was no longer coming down from a great weekend, and I always had great weekends, and being depressed about starting the work week on Monday. So Sunday night is special. SP show, special. We'll be right back. Give you the five best from Sunday night. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Sunday night. We got Tariko, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I love me some Tariks. Worked with him for five years. We're the best combination in college basketball. It's just the way it is. You know what? You know what's interesting? Brian Smith on the YouTube chat said this, and a lot of people are believing this. The depth trial is a distraction. If you ever watched Homeland uh, or any of those type shows, I got to tell you, man, you're right. The government and its distractions. That's an interesting theory that a lot of people are saying, man, and I don't know if everybody's crazy be saying it, but they are saying it, man. They are saying it, Brian Smith. You ain't lying. A distraction. Yeah. Yep. Could be. I don't know. But if you watch those shows, you know what the distraction means. How about we now are figuring out how to go get baby formula? I digress. Top five games, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll stop screaming. I will. I'll stop screaming. Top five games on Sunday night football. Now, I don't think I'm biased when I say this, but the fifth best game is the Colts at the Cowboys. Now, here's going to be the deal. The Colts have a schedule such that they're going to be in the conversation as one of the better teams in the NFL. They're going to be in the conversation because a couple of things. One, 
for whatever the reason, I mean the media loves the Colts. If the Colts can go on the road and win their first two games, they go to uh, Texas, they go to Jacksonville. So if they can go on the road and win their first two games and come back and beat the Chiefs, you watch what happens. Hell, Lewis Riddick today put a picture of Alec Pierce as the Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. So game number five is the Colts at the Cowboys. I already told you the Cowboys show up nice. They show up really nice. They do. And in my opinion, when you've got the Cowboys on Sunday night at the Cowboys, you got a good game, number one, even though we might get tired of them. But number two, you throw the Colts in there, and the Colts are going to be a team that you're going to like. I mean, they're just going to have a good record. They got to, unless, unless this is a total blank show by the Colts. Unless it's just a mess and Matt, or shoot, yeah, Matt Ryan can't play dead anymore. He is 37. He is coming off his worst QBR year. I understand he didn't have a line. I understand Julio Jones had all left. I get all that, but we're going to see. An immobile 37-year-old, that's not the greatest thing, but we shall see. So unless the Colts absolutely uh, Amber heard it in the bed, the Colts and the Cowboys should be a hell of a game. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Titans and the Chiefs. Now, here's the deal with the Titans. I don't, but I, until the king is dead, I'm not going to crush the king. But anytime you have the Titans, people have a tendency to forget. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. They're the number one seed in the AFC going into the playoffs. What does that mean? What does that have to do with it? Well, you know what? Until they are dead and buried, I'm going to say, hey, them against the Chiefs, I'm going to say an arrowhead. I don't know what the hell the stadium's called at the Chiefs, but I'm going to say arrowhead because that's how I refer to it. An arrowhead is going to be a hell of a matchup. Look, I will watch Pat Mahomes do anything. I will. I'll watch Patrick Mahomes, you name it, I'll watch it. It's true. I will. I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, And to me, him against the Titans, with I think there's going to be a little drama going on with the Titans. I'm curious if by this time, let me see what week this is, week nine. Is Malik Willis in place? Look, I don't mind Ryan Tannehill saying that he goes to a shrink. Hell, I've been. Couples counseling. But I don't mind that. You know what I mind? I mind that the frickin', I don't know, loss got you so bad you felt like you had to go. You got to be able to, hey, look, as a coach, you lose, it bothers you the rest of your life. As a player, there are some losses bother you the rest of your life. But you got to be tough, man. And hopefully that's what you were taught. I'm all in on going to shrinks. But a quarterback has to forget and move along. That's just the way it is. And if you disagree with me, then guess what? You're wrong. Uh, Game numero trace. This is the first. No, I'm sorry. This is week one. Sunday night. Now, you got to understand, uh, Sunday night football has the opener 
Buffalo at the Rams, and that is Thursday. So week one Thursday, that's the opening game. That's on the 8th. On 9-11, we have Tampa at the Cowboys. I said this before. I'll say it again. Cowboys show up well on TV. And it's week one. So you know what you're going to get? You're going to get all of the Cowboys drama. I mean, you're going to get, are the Cowboys great? Is McCarthy going to be fired? Dak Prescott deserves this. Dak Prescott's wide receivers aren't that hell. You'll even get Des Bryant made a catch. You'll get it. You'll get, hey, you know what, Des Bryant, he, 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 he caught that ball. You'll get everything. It'll be Roger Staubach day, Emmett Smith day, Michael Irvin will be, I mean, it'll be insanity. And then Tom Brady will come in there at 172 years old and he will pick apart the beloved Cowboys on the national stage right there in front of you in week one. He will. So let's recap real quick. Cowboys are already two of the top five games. And I am the one complaining about the Cowboys being overexposed early in this show. See, by the time we get to see that one on the bottom, number five, by the time we get to that one, that's week 13. Hell, the Colts might be, I don't know, 10, 12, and 0. I don't know. If you listen to the media, the Colts will be undefeated. If you listen to the media on the Cowboys, the Cowboys will either be undefeated or they'll have a new coach and a new regime. Hell, Jason Garrett might be back in business. I don't know. And then the Titans and the Chiefs, I don't think it'll be a pain, but it is week nine. It is the first weekend in November, which means if Ryan Tannehill heads south, we might just have a new quarterback in there, and that'll raise hell. So those are the top three, all right? The fourth game, the second game, actually, is Green Bay at the Bills. Now, here's why I like that game. First, it's nice to see Bill love. It's nice to see some love of the Bills. The Bills are going to be in week one on Sunday night football. That's awesome. The Bills are going to be against the Packers on Sunday night football week eight. Me likey. Here's why. You got two quarterbacks, one coming, one going. You got Aaron Rodgers. The cold ain't going to bother him. Hell, it's going to be basically the night before Halloween. Ain't going to bother anybody. It might be be 20 feet of snow. It might not be. It might be nice. I don't know. Where is it? Richfield? New York? Here's the deal. The Packers are going to be the best team in the AFC. The Packers have a schedule that says they're going to be the best team in the AFC. They play in the worst division in the AFC. And the second worst division is the NF, excuse me, the Pack in the NFC. And the Packers are, excuse me, the Packers also going to play people from the NFC East. Packers got it made. Packers going to go do all kinds of things. They play the Titans at the Packers. It's going to be a cakewalk for the Packers. So their record's going to be crazy good. Bills should be good. They don't play in a great division either, although I'm anxious to see what happens with the Dolphins. But let's be honest. I mean, let's not BS each other here. That's a quarterback matchup. 
It's a quarterback matchup, baby. And I'm looking forward to it. All right. Numero uno. Game numero uno is a rematch of the Super Bowl. We got the Chiefs against the Buccaneers, again, in Tampa. Uh, The Chiefs and the Buccaneers can't catch a break. Or excuse me, the Chiefs can't catch a break when playing the Buccaneers. What are you talking about that? They got to go back and play them in Tampa. They got to go back and play this team with Tom Brady in Tampa. Now, I look at this and I say to myself, I go to the beard. You know, well, if you're really good, and you know how they always talk in sports, and it's the easiest thing to talk about in sports, I'm passing the mantle to you. Well, Tom Brady ain't passing nothing other than a Lombardi trophy in a tequila-fueled ra- uh, great time, not rage, great time. Take the Lombardi. Not that big a deal. Good passer throwing it to a good catcher over water. What could go wrong? Nothing. Anyway, if, in fact, Josh Allen is the man, uh, then Josh Allen, I think, goes in there. Excuse me. If Mahomes truly is the man, then I think Mahomes goes in there and beats Brady. See, here's the deal. We forget. We do. If you don't win the Super Bowl, we forget. Look, there's nothing to forget. Patrick Mahomes is, I think, the best quarterback in football. If I were going to take one quarterback, that guy's name would be Patrick Mahomes. That's what I would take. I'm not saying you would take. I'm saying I would take. You know, I'd be curious to know who you would take. One of the things that I like about Patrick Mahomes is he's a lot like Steph Curry. He's got a flash to him. He's got a style to him. He's got a pizzazz to him. He's got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. But he's kind of above it. Like, think about it this way. Steph Curry doesn't want to play with LeBron James. Right? I mean, that has been discussed in the media. You're Steph Curry. First off, I don't need LeBron James. What do I need LeBron James for? So he's kind of above it. He's at the level where he is competing directly against the greats of the game. And that's what I like. See, that's what I really, truly like. Now, Patrick Mahomes is the same thing. Patrick Mahomes is like, hey, no Tyreek Hill? All right, no Tyreek Hill. Fine. Who we got? Kelsey? Fine. I'll get him the ball? Fine. I feel like they're very similar. I feel like they're actually damn near the same person, except one's playing football, one's playing basketball. I do. I I just think it's fascinating how, excuse me, uh, I think it's fascinating how similar they are. Style, swag, expectation. And Tom Brady, let me ask you guys this. Isn't it time Tom Brady shits the bed? Isn't it time he Amber, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have swore. Isn't it time he Amber Heard's it? Isn't it time at 72 years old that he does not end up being, I don't know, the GOAT? Isn't it time? I feel it to be time. Now, I don't know 
these are good games, but let me go to Monday Night Football for a second. I see what they did here, so you can build it up. Monday night, first game. Denver, Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle. Now, in theory, that's an interesting game. In theory, you can build that one up. I think that's a good game. Monday night football, the second week, has the Titans going to the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a good game. I think that's a really good game. But I also think I'm the only person alive, I think I am, that doesn't care about the Giants at all. Like, they pit the Giants against the Cowboys. I get it. You got to pit the Cowboys in New York City. Fine. But I don't know that they're that interesting. If they are, you tell me. Name me two players on the Giants. I'll give you two. Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Name me four. Name me four. See, right now in the YouTube chat, we're arguing politics. I love it. Everybody comes to the YouTube chat to argue politics. I need answers from the YouTube chat. I need answers, ladies and gentlemen. Name me four players on the Giants. And don't Google it. I mean, anybody can Google it. I'm saying name me four. Anybody. Name me four on the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson and his mother. That's all I got. Uh, Seriously, that's all I got. All I got is a couple of guys. They're not interesting. And if you're not going to be interesting, why are you going to be on my TV? Why? I don't know. I, I don't. I honestly don't know. But those two teams in my little world have no interest at all. Let me give you another one. All right. Are you interested in Vegas? Josh McDaniels, the coach. They're going to Kansas City. Now, guys my age, my age are like, oh, man. The Raiders in Kansas City, Otis Sistrunk's head is steaming. Ted Hendricks, the stork, Daryl Amonica's throwing at the Cliff Branch. Where's Freddie Belitnikoff, Lester Hayes? Elmo Wright, Lenny Dawson, Ed Podolak. The colors of both teams are awesome. That's a long, long time ago. Very long time ago. That's so long ago that a lot of you are going, oh, man, I didn't know Dockage was that old. How the hell old is this guy? Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I ain't mad at you for it, though. That's all right. That's all right. I'll tell you another game I'm not interested in. But I could be. The Browns at, or excuse me, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Now, that's on Sunday night football. Sunday night or Monday night football. Washington at Philadelphia. I got no interest. Baltimore at the Saints, unless Drew Brees comes back. And by the way, I do agree with the coach. Dennis Allen, I think Drew Brees was just talking. I think he was just. If Drew Brees comes back, uh, then week 13, Monday night, New Orleans at Tampa. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for somebody to talk me off Colts nine and a half. When I say I'll listen, I mean I will listen. I will not only listen, I will react to whatever it is that you want me to to react to, but I got to tell you, nine and a half is stealing. Nine and a half. Look, I want us all to make money. A lot of you say I'm not going to do anything until after the preseason. That's fine, but here's what happens after the preseason. The number goes up or the number goes down. If it goes down, good for you. But I got to believe within the next three weeks, 
the Colts number is going to go from uh, nine and a half to maybe 10. Now you got to win 11 to win as opposed to winning 10 to win if you get my drift. I'm going to throw some of these random uh, some of these random numbers at Tim Doyle. All right. Let me go into something that I wasn't going to get into, but now I am. The PGA is this weekend. The PGA used to be at the end of the year. The PGA is interesting because of one guy, El Tigre. Tiger Woods makes this PGA interesting. Let me ask you a question. Just a simple question. There are a lot of great golfers out there, okay? Name me one, and I'll give you two maybe, but name me one that if they are on the leaderboard, you stop what you're doing on a Sunday and watch. Name me one. Is it Brooks Brooks Kepka? Is it Dustin Johnson? I don't know. I say this before every major. I know we've got great young players. Like, I understand we've got great young players. We've got young players that are playing better than any golfers ever. Like, these guys hit it farther. They pitch it closer. The equipment's better. The training's better. Tiger made everybody lift weights. None of these guys wanted to lift weights. Now Tiger comes out. He's ripped. Next thing you know, everybody else lifting weights. Ball's going farther. And people are happy. But there's only really one guy right now that you're going to, unless you're, you know, a fantasy golf player, you have a pool at your local golf course uh, for the winner, whatever it is, you're only really one guy that you stop and you watch. And that's kind of sad because I thought for a little bit we might be getting to a point where Spieth was that guy. Then maybe Johnson was that guy. I don't know. Maybe Kepka was that guy. Kepka's the guy that most reminds me of Tiger Woods. He's big, he's strong, he's got a quiet personality, uh, but fiery on the course. And off the course, he seems to, I don't know, have a good time. He's the guy that reminds me of El Tigre. And then there's John Rahm. See, the PGA Tour needs to unleash John Rahm. John Rahm is so talented that his college coach at Arizona, Arizona State, I can't remember which one, quit his job to be his caddy. Now, how about that act? So John Rahm, though, gets pissed. John Rahm is no different than you, than me, than anybody that has expectations when they play golf. John Rahm cusses. He speaks Spanish really fast. There's a great scene in 30 Rock, uh, where Jack Donaghy's girlfriend says, hey, look, when I speak Spanish fast, it doesn't matter what I'm saying. People think I'm mad. Selma Hayek rips off a string of Spanish, and it sounds glorious, but I don't think she was mad. Same with John Rahm. Free John Rahm. Free John Rahm and let John Rahm go out and become the swearing Spaniard that golf needs. Free John Rahm. Hey, I don't need, I don't need cookie cutter. I need John Rahm. Son of a, you know, and fire him off. Shove your caddy into a bush. 
grab your clubs, carry them yourself, and go win the damn PGA, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's what we need to do. I do. I think that's what we need to do. Um, Before I get to Timmy Doyle, back in 2000, back in 2000, uh, gas prices were okay. Then all of a sudden, 9-11 hit, right? 9-11. When 9-11 hit, 2001, the next day gas prices went up 20 to 25 cents at this neighborhood gas station in Bowling Green, this marathon station on the corner. The guy who owned the thing said that he, in an article, said, well, it's a local station. They had a great ice cream shop in the back. It was great. But once he did that, I had to put the boycott on that gas station. And when I put a boycott on somebody, boy, back in those days, you bet your ass there's a boycott. You bet your bottom dollar, pal, it hurt. Then I got a friend of mine to boycott. And it was actually more of a pain to us because there was the only gas station by our house. I had to go all kind of different places. However, it was also the last time that I really checked gas prices. I mean, really, like on a daily basis. I got a guy here, Nez, saying, don't come to California. The average is $5.95 a gallon. In the great state of Indiana here, in the great state of Indiana, our gas prices rose 20 cents last night. Record highs, $5.59. On Monday, the national average hit a record high of $4.48, according to AAA. The average this morning, $4.52. That's from uh, Fox News' Angela Ganote. I've said it. I'll keep saying it. I won't stop saying it. And you can argue with me all you'd like. You can lose your mind all you'd like, Ed Rogers and the rest. But all I want my president to do, I never want to hear the word inflation. That's out the window, 8.3, 8.5. I never want to have to check gas prices, keep gas prices down. A couple of years ago when Trump was setting out mean tweets, it was about a buck 79. Now it's six bucks. And keep the stock market going. And since I've been sitting here, I get alerts. Stocks are down every day. It's a mess. So what we have is an 83 or $81 million mess. Now, you can keep defending it. That's great. Defend it all you'd like. I'm for you. But if you are defending it, you're just a stone idiot. And there's nothing I can do. You're just so blinded by the stupidity of following one party and one party only that uh, you legitimately should just be quiet, keep your thoughts to yourself. You should do what you all have been trying to get folks like me to do. And that's be quiet. So stop it, stupid. The economy's a mess. The country's a mess. Gas is a mess. I'm very handsome. Just seeing if you're listening. But that's where we're at. Somebody, I got to get on Twitter here for a second. Somebody defend the gas. Somebody defend this blank show. There is no defending this blank show. There just isn't. There's none. You know, you just can't defend it. And everybody, when you go against the very vocal minority, they say, well, you're just spouting Republican talking points. I'm not spouting nothing. I'm spouting Danny D talking points from 1979 when I was about 16 years old. And I saw we couldn't even get McDonald's 
on weekends because gas price and everything was too high. Don't at me with it, people. Just don't at me. At yourself. Go sit in a corner and at yourself. And that will be fun. <laughs> what, did we, <laughs> what did we just cover there? Tiger Woods is the only guy that's worth watching in the PGA. That's not really true. Could be, though. And uh, our economy stinks. Gas prices stink. Uh, but we're here. We're live. We're kicking. We should be happy with that. Timmy Doyle is going to join us. Uh, if you've ever watched my shows, you know this happens occasionally. Danny half a go potty. So we'll be back in three minutes with Timmy Doyle. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I tell you what, it's a lot of work getting Doyle on the air. A ton of work. My man, Timmy D, CBS, how are you? What's going on? Yeah, I'm doing amazing. And the only reason I agreed to come back on the show was yesterday I was supposed to come on the show. And we had some audio issues, which happens. You know what I mean? You've been in the business long enough, you're going to see some stuff. But the thing I loved most about it was the noises you were making while you were trying to fix the audio issue. Oh, like I call my dad and when the phone drops, he always goes, oh, these damn phones. But I could always hear him on the other way. He's like, oh, these phones, these damn phones never work. I had that moment with you yesterday. And I was like, yeah. I got to come back on the show again today. Hey, my wife is like the noises that you make. It's incredible. She's like, it's unbelievable. I go, I don't even know. She goes, you're a mouth breather. You're always grunting, groaning. This body hurts. This body has been through some things, big boy. This body is out of shape. It hurts to move. There you go. But you're right, man. She kills me. Oh, she crushes me. Let's get into it. Hey, I'm taking the heat tonight. Because I don't see the Celtics bouncing back this quickly. How wrong am I or how right am I? I like it. I mean, I could see it. I, I like Boston in the series. And they are, think about this, they don't have home court advantage, but the Celtics are nearly two to one favorite, minus 180 to be exact. So if you're new to gambling, you have to put up $180 to win $100 with the Celtics. And on the flip side, risking 100 with the Heat would get you back 160, a total of 260. But yeah, I mean, you coached, you know, that was an emotional series. That was the best win of the entire postseason. I know you're going to go, well, the Mavericks won in Phoenix in game seven. Uh, Boston went to Milwaukee in game six against the best player in the world. And Jason Tatum outplayed Giannis on his home floor in a closeout game. And then, you know, obviously utter domination in game seven from the Celtics. But yes, I mean, you know, game number one, you got a, a a small favorite there. Heat are minus one and a half. I can see that. But over the long haul, the Celtics are the best team left in the NBA. I agree with that. I do. I, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's going to be hard to beat the Warriors four times in two weeks. But I totally agree with everything you said there. I wonder, 
Tim, and I don't have a good handle on this, but there was a time during this season when the Celtics were struggling, man, when people were like, well, I don't even know. They were under 500 pretty deep. What, what, what do you see that changed? Here? You know, I think they made some culture changes. You know, you bring in Al Horford, who's 82 years old. By the way, Al Horford not only wins on the floor, he is married to Miss Universe, and they have four beautiful kids. Like, And by the way, when he gets interviewed, he says, like, all the right things. Like, I want to be you, Al Horford. You're everything that's right in sports. And it's always sad when I see somebody from my era still playing. Like, Al Horford had a dunk on Giannis. He had 30 points. The other day, that was the big win. I think it was game four in Milwaukee. And that same day, I mulched my front yard, and I was, like, wheezing. Like, I was exhausted. I was leaning over. I was like, oh, man, this mulching is tough. Like, whenever I see that, I always feel worse about my life. But I think when they picked up Tice and they picked up Al Horford, and then everyone started to figure out their roles. But, yeah, this was a team that hovered around 500. I think that now Jalen Brown has realized that Jason Tatum, you got the juice now that you're the best player on the team. I'm okay with being the Robin because I think young guys, they were rival. There was a rivalry there of who's the best player on the team. Now we all know Jason Tatum's the best player, but I think it was more about picking up some old savvy bets and establishing a team identity. I'm glad you said that. I had just said that earlier as I try to put my mic back on Timmy D. I said that earlier, like, look, I know they're teammates. I know we want everyone to sing Kumbaya. But when you're a young guy and you're coming up in the NBA, man, and you're as good as Jalen Brown is, you don't want to see even your teammate pass you in terms of recognition, things of that nature. So, you know, you got to figure out what your role is. You know, I remember a young Dan Dockage coming into BTN and him and I sitting on studio together using maybe the same hair product to fill in what little hair that, well, you had left. Yeah, I mean, I was holding on a little bit better than you. And you went into the offices of BTN executives and you said, hey, I would love to call games. You know, give me an opportunity to call games. I'll do like a, a bad Penn State non-conference game. And they said to you, no. They're like, no, nah, we don't think you're game material. The very next year. The very next year, you were calling games with who, Dan? Mikey Tirico, Dave O'Brien, you name it. You know, like, so you, you got the opportunity, and obviously you proved yourself on the biggest stage. But, yeah, I had to watch you after I sat next to you <laughs> get on a rocket ship. And I went, all right, there goes Dockage, like, off on a – like, I remember you'd come in, borrow $100 off of me. We'd be, we'd be betting on the, the – like – we had to come right. All of a sudden, you get on the rocket ship, and I'm like, well, there goes Dockage on the rocket ship. I was happy for you. I was okay with being the Robin at that time, and I think that's what Jalen Brown is happy doing, sitting next to Tatum. Well, shut up. Just shut up. And now look where I am, interviewing you on a, in my basement. So that rocket ship apparently crashed. All right. <laughs> Don't have as many guys that can go make hard buckets in the playoffs. Now, the smart thing is foot's a little banged up, that could be an issue because Smart's going to match up with Jimmy Butler, who's averaging nearly 30 points a game in the postseason. Like, I'm betting the Celtics, I want Marcus Smart to play. But he can make, like, a tough basket. Jalen Brown can make a tough basket. Tatum obviously can make a tough basket. After Jimmy Butler, oof, they don't have a lot of guys, Miami, that can make big boy playoff buckets, give me the ball, get out of my way type of buckets. Like, I look at their roster, they have a lot of guys that fill nice roles and have a role on the team, but – 
You're right. Both these teams have great cultures. I think the Heat's culture is probably second to one in the NBA. Um, Eric Spolstra, do you think he dyes his hair? Because he's so tan, but the hair is so black. D- Dockage, he's like 62 years old. And Drew Nicholas. No, he's not. Drew no, Nicholas. He's not. Drew Nicholas had a workout. Drew Nicholas won a national championship at Maryland. And he said he was working out for the Heat. And they had like Troy Bell and Marcus Hatton. Those guys are all my year. And Drew is my high school teammate. So one guy didn't show or got hurt. So he didn't know this at the time. So the Heat rolled out one of their video guys. And it ended up being Spolstra, but Drew didn't know this. So he gets matched up on the video guy and he's like, all right, I got the video guy in my workout. He said Spolstra hit him with like a really quick crossover and he fell. And he was like, all right, well, I guess the Heat aren't going to sign me now that the video guy is crossing me over because Spolstra was a really good player at Pacific University where he scored over a thousand points. I didn't know that. I, I, <laughs> I, I had no idea. That's the greatest. I mean, when you're Drew Nicholas and you did, you're coming off a national champ, 2002. <laughs> you think you're something, right? You get these NBA tryouts, and here comes a video guy who, look, it, it's one thing if the video guy is like Julius Peppers, right? <laughs> it's another thing if it's Eric Spolstra, for crying out loud. Oh, Timmy D. Uh, how long does this series go? Oh, it's gonna go long. I think the, the Heat I are gonna win so. two games. Yeah, I think the Heat. I think the Heat are gonna win two games. I I could see your philosophy in game number one. Um, if I'm gonna bet the series, I always have a hard time betting individual games because you kind of get invested in series bets. But I, I like where your head's at as far as an emotional series against Milwaukee. You go down to the old South Beach there, and, and you know the Heat have been waiting for you. That was a rather easy series against a 76ers team that was banged up because of. Embiid, but uh, I think the Heat win two games, so I'll, I'll take Boston in six. I just think too much firepower, and if you really break down that Milwaukee series, I know it went seven, but that series easily could have went five. Celtics are the best team in the NBA. I agree. I, I do. I think six is reasonable. I'd be surprised if it went seven, and I'd be surprised if it was done, you know, any type of sweep, but I do. I, I agree with you. I'm going to throw out a couple things to you because you are a betting guru, and they're relative to tonight's game. All right. Tonight's game, Al Horford, over under 10 and a half points. Uh, I'm going to go over. Obviously, he had that big matchup where you, I don't know, like, did you see his sister tweeting out, like, oh, I know that look on Al's face. He was pissed off. Like, yeah. when I was yeah. watching that, literally, I, and I was, that was, that was one of the great playoff performances ever. Like, an old man outplayed the best player in the world for a half, and especially a fourth quarter on his home floor. So, uh, it's not that big of a number. I'll go over for Horford. Jason Tatum, 27 and a half. Yeah, I, 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 this year against the Heat, he's averaging less than 18 points a game. But that was like a different Tatum. Like, he's, right. in the, he's in a purgatory right now of superstar. Like, that next step, winning an NBA championship, winning a finals MVP. Dan, he might be the best offensive player in the entire NBA. And if you ask a casual fan that, they would not recognize him as that. So I think he's got a big effort in him. I'm going to go over his point total. You know, I said earlier, he can come out of this, this series as, I think Giannis is the best player in the world, but I think he can come out of this as being in the discussion as the second best player. Don't you? Maybe yeah, I, the best. Hell, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, he's the I best. think that, you know, I, I had like offensive ranking. I had Durant one. I had Joel Embiid two. 
But, you know, what Tatum has done in this postseason, you know, just just scoring the ball. Like, give the guy the ball, get the hell out of his way. Like, yeah. I remember I guarded Carmelo Anthony when he was at Syracuse, and he caught the ball on the wing, and cheerleaders were using, like, the big blowhorn to go one-on-one. Like, they were screaming. And I remember – him! <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I got in the game against George Shot. This is the most embarrassing – moment of my career so it's george i played at st john's a lot of people don't you know don't remember that before northwestern which adds to my street cred but i got in the game at st john's and the ball swung around the wing and the guy didn't realize i was guarding him and he saw me and he took the ball and he put it directly behind his back and he just waved everybody through. And I was like, oh, oh this, ain't, I go, this ain't good, right? So I'm thinking to myself, I go, oh, I'm going to just foul him. If he drives, I'm going to just karate chop him. I'm going to foul him. So he drove. I karate chopped him, but he still scored and won. And it was like, it was a horror. It felt like I got neutered on national TV. That was like a neutered <laughs> moment for me. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Butler, over 24 and a half. Um. You know, he's averaging almost 30. It's just under that number, which is the second most for any Miami Heat player in the postseason. LeBron's obviously being the most. He was north of 30 points. I'm going to go over. You know, Smart's banged up, so that hurts. So they're going to be rotating guys. Like, Jimmy Butler goes into every game knowing he has to take 24 shots. Like, I talked about the differences in the two teams. Jimmy can't rely on Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, like, Jimmy knows – I feel like this is a Seinfeld bit. Jimmy knows he's got to shoot the ball Jimmy. a lot. So, like, Jimmy knows he's got to go out there and get 30 points. <laughs> Jimmy's got strength shoot. Jimmy gets to jump high. Um, I think I, – I, I don't disagree. The one that's interesting to me in this over-under, and I saved it for last for you, is Jalen Brown over 23 and a half. Seems that's high. a lot of points. Seems, Seems high. high. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's one of those guys that, you know, when he's really good, he's really good. You know, they took him out of Cal. I didn't see it. Uh, and he's morphed into a perennial all-star. Um, I don't think they're going to win this game, Boston. You know, the more kind of we talked about, it, maybe you're pushing him in that direction. So I don't like betting unders either. I feel like unders put me right. in bad, bad moods. Like I push my kids over. I knock over an old lady. Like it just, <laughs> it puts me in like a bad, like, when you bet, like I know, like most professional betters, they bet unders, and they're miserable people. Like they sit in like a little cave, and they're like, oh, "I'm going to go under." So I don't. I always correlate my props with who I bet. I'm not a big prop better, but uh, that number seems a little high. I'm going to go under. I agree, I, and I, I I won't bet it. I, I'll tell somebody else to bet it. You know, I'll be like, oh, "I really think this under is going to hit tonight," right. but I won't. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to watch the clock and go, oh, he's got 12 and there's eight minutes left in the half. I don't need that in my Dan, life. Listen, Dan, let's test. We go to Cleveland this year, and I'm with my brother who's really rich. And uh, I said, hey, I got information that the All-Star game under for the NBA All-Star game is 20 points too high. I said, my buddy in Vegas did the numbers. It's 20 points too high. So let's bet the under. So he bets an ungodly amount of money on the under. You ever bet an NBA All-Star game under? It was two hours of hell. He was yelling, they got to play defense. I go, dude, it's an All-Star game. Like, Steph Curry had 50 points. He made, like, 16 threes. The game still ended up going under. But, man, it was, like, two hours of pure torture. <laughs> hey, and then it's all right because you won, particularly That's right. him. But Cash you're ticket. right. Whenever I bet a game under, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, making that candy. Whenever I bet an under, I just look at the clock. 
Yeah. I'm like, hey, if we can get to six minutes to go in the half and not get any more points, we're back on track. You know, it's freaking miserable. Yeah, I, I always say this about unders. People who bet unders consistently, they go to like a wedding ceremony and they root for divorce. Like they <laughs> drive to downtown, they see a little kid get a big ice cream cone and then it falls off. They go, yes, it fell yeah. out. Like you root for bad stuff to happen. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you may cash ticket, but long-term, it's just a bad philosophy in life. No, it's a bad way to go about it. Uh, all right, overview, overview next. Short term, five is what the Warriors are given. They're given five to the uh, Mavericks in game one tomorrow. What do you think? I think the Warriors are fugazi. I think the Warriors are smoking mirrors. I picked wow. the Grizzlies in that series. And four out of the first five games against Memphis, the Grizzlies covered. Now, I was down in Memphis for game one with my son, Chicago Joe. John Morant missed the lefty layup or else Grizzlies would have won game one. And they actually won game two, too. So they would have been up 2-0. I know what it could have, should have. Game three, the Warriors played great. Game four, I mean, like silver platter stuff. Like that was just an immature team that wasn't ready to win. Oh, by the way, they were missing their superstar. So I think the Warriors have caught two teams, Jokic with no help and Memphis without their superstar. And I think that you look at Steph Curry's shooting percentage in this postseason, like I think that you're paying a premium to bet, ah, the Warriors, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. They have no one on the inside. Um, you know, they, they don't guard particularly well. I thought Memphis changed their philosophy with going big with Steven Adams. That gave them a ton of issues. Um, I think Dallas is the play in this series. Plus, you're going to have to lay 240 with Golden State to come back with Dallas plus money, and you're getting value. And Dallas has the best home environment, better than Golden State, better than any home environment left in the playoffs. When Luka has played on Dallas at home in the playoffs, they have not lost the game. Not only have they won, they've won every game by double digits. So I think Dallas can win one at Golden State. I don't think Golden State can win one at Dallas. So give me the Mavericks there. Let me let me go let me go through something with you that you said. I I, I was watching, and I was watching a lot of the uh, Warriors series. And I think the Warriors don't win if Morant is there, but he's not, and so they did. But as I'm watching, I'm thinking to myself, you know what, I know he's great, and I know he comes at people that criticize him. But that for a long time in that series, maybe the entire series, Draymond Green was no different than Ben Simmons. He made the passes, he made the, all that, but he, was, he would drive it to six feet, turn around and kick it out. He was scared to death to shoot the basketball. I don't know if the Warriors have enough weapons unless Wiggins goes off like he did uh, in Game 7. I, I The Warriors have been able to mask you know, some of their inefficiencies because Curry's unbelievable. I mean, there's no other way to say yeah. it. You know, I, I thought Game 4 was the entire series. You know, That was a game where Curry had 18 points in the fourth quarter, made every free throw down the stretch. That was like... I mean, Memphis was up eight going into the fourth, and they blew that game. And they, I thought they really blew that series. And, and they were missing their superstar player. So now you catch Luka, who everybody else understands their role. Who's going to guard him? Seems like nobody can. And they're playing with sky-high confidence. I just think the everyone gets warm and fuzzy about the Warriors. But if you really watch them in that Memphis series, go through the games where they shot 9 of 32, Seven of 35 from three. They had a stretch over three games in that Memphis series where they shot 26 of 98 from three. Like, 
their shooting was not lights out. And with no inside presence or someone who could score or get a tough two down low, I frankly think they're easy to guard. And Dorian Finney-Smith and Brunson, and those guys play exceptionally well at home, and they guard. And Dinwiddie was great on the road in Phoenix. I like. I love Dallas. I'm betting Dallas. I'm betting a lot of money on Dallas. I think Dallas goes to the NBA Finals. Um, I'm going to name drop here. I was talking to Isaiah Thomas, the, the, the Indiana Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I know. About, right, I mean, there's two. And, I, you know, I didn't want to say the good one, but they're both really good. But one's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and he made a comment about what you're talking about right now. He said, you know, for the Warriors, the game has changed. And, and the way you can tell the game has changed is basically the Warriors shot selection is awful. Right? I mean, awful. And then when it gets good, they make, they go on a run. But across the league, shot selection is awful. And the Warriors are kind of the face of that shot selection. But damn. Tim, I had a minus nine and a half. I live bet him uh, in game seven. That bet looked like it was done. And all of a sudden, an 18 to three run. And I'm sitting there it, it, watching my stepdaughter play softball, excited as hell because I, you know, I clipped him pretty good with that one. But that's the thing the shot selection sucks, but the runs are great. Yeah. And, and they fed off that home environment. And, no you know, question. when they get rolling, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, 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 they're two it's, of the greatest shooters of all time. But right. if they're, if like, if those guys are struggling, Clay Thompson was great in game six, but the rest of the series, he only had one other game where he was above 20 points. You start looking at the rest of their roster. Like, I would go into games being like, all right, team, if Andrew Wiggins has 30 points, we're going to lose. Like in rotations, do not rotate off of Clay. Do not rotate off of you know, Steph Curry. It, like you stay with them. And if Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green and Jordan, if those guys make, you know, eight, nine, ten threes, then we're going to lose. I just think attention to detail on defense when you're playing those guys because you do get in that robotic mode of that guy's open. I got to run there. It's like <laughs> I wouldn't leave Clay and Steph to go chase after those other guys. Like make those other guys make big boy shots in the playoffs. But uh. Yeah, you know, I'll name drop as well. I met Kevin McHale when I was working at NBA TV. Now, I was a big Celtic fan. See this guy right here? Like, I, a boy, a ball, and a dream, okay? When I was a little boy, I only had two posters in my room, okay? One was Larry Bird. He had, uh, a, like, a weird sweater. It said MVP. There was three of them. It was three-letter man. And I had a Kelly Kapowski uh, from Saved by the Bell because I loved her. So those are my two posters in my room. But I meet Kevin McHale, and I don't know if I call him Mr. McHale because we were huge Celtic fans. So I said, hey, Kevin. And I introduced myself because I, I, I was on a bad Northwestern team. I said, hi, my name is Tim Doyle. I played at Northwestern. He goes, hey, Tim. He goes, ah, Northwestern. He goes, I remember when I played at Minnesota. He goes, uh, and then I, when I was in the NBA and I had a bad game, I would always think back and go, man, I wish the next team we played was Northwestern so I could just beat up on them and pound them for 30 points. And I didn't know what to say. Like, he's my, my childhood idols. He's making fun of my school. He embarrassed me in the first comment. I mean, I was, I was excited to meet him and all, but, man, he really poo-pooed on my career. <laughs> I don't, don't take that personal. That's more of an institutional thing, it seems to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, I want to tell you this. My next-door neighbor is Alec Pierce just got drafted by your Indianapolis Colts. Did you know that? I didn't. I know who Alec Pierce is. I, and I know his brother transferred to North Carolina. 
But Correct. that's a hell. That's an athletic family, bro. That's a crazy athletic family, right? Yeah. If you want to have him on the show, text me. I'll get Alec on the show. His dad, Greg, played football at Northwestern. Yeah. His mother, I've already, Stephanie. I've already had him on. He's been okay, on. Good. Okay. So yeah. I'll, I'll text him to get on this show. So his wife, I'm sorry, Greg's wife, Stephanie, Alex's mom, found us the house we currently live in. So I, now I'm mentoring the youngest boy, Cade, is going to go to Princeton to play for my old head coach at Northwestern, Mitch Henderson. And when Alec was a young kid, he goes, hey, they all call me Uncle Timmy. He goes, hey, Uncle Timmy, I'm looking to make some extra money. I said, oh, no problem. I said, uh, you want to mow my lawn? So he starts mowing my lawn. Now, it's cool when he's like 14 and 50, but as he becomes like 17 and 18, he starts taking the shirt off when he's mowing the lawn. Now, you know, like, I don't care. But that now I mean, he's out there mowing the lawn. He's glistening and stuff. My wife thinks that that's the time that she needs to go water the flowers, right? So of now course. she's out there. Yeah, so now now she's out there watering the flower. Mrs. Davis is out there. Mrs. Williams, the whole, all the moms are out there watering <laughs> the flowers as Alex mowing the lawn, right? So I said, yo, buddy, you're making us all look bad. So we had a $5 extra mow each week if he kept the shirt on. So <laughs> when he got, I was there draft night at his house when he got drafted. And I was drinking, oh I don't God. know, I was drinking Coors Light or something. So I said, I guess this means you're not my lawn guy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get back to the task at hand. Over, under, I got two things for you. In the series, over, under, Butler and Tatum have to be separated or, or Butler and Smart have to be separated the course of the series, I'm making the over-under four and a half. The wow. whole series. And, and you want to know something? I think that Jimmy's going to start all five of them, you know? like Because Jimmy, know, know, Jimmy, know. knows, Jimmy knows the other team's better, right? So what do you try to do when you know a team is better? You try to intimidate them. Right. And, 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 you know, I, I don't think Smart's going to be intimidated. You know, Tatum is still... I, I think that, you know, what I saw against Giannis, like that changed the game for me. I, but I, I think that Jimmy's going to try to intimidate them because Jimmy's a bulldog. And right. I, remember, I remember when he was on the Bulls, Dan. Go look up Jimmy Butler's first-year stats on the Chicago Bulls. He was literally the last guy on the bench, and he could not make a 14-footer. And we would be out drinking tequila together on Hubbard Street in Chicago, and we would laugh and be like, dude, are you ever going to be able to make a jump shot? Because you can't get off the bench. Not only can he make a jump shot, he's turned himself into one of the best two-way players in the entire NBA. He's got an amazing story, too, about his life and his adopted family. So that guy has really worked his ass off to get to the point where he is in his career. So now he knows going into a series, he's underdog. He's going to try to intimidate the Celtics. So I'm going to go over that number. I know. I didn't know if that was high enough. I, I, I feel like over. <laughs> uh, Draymond Green and Luca have to be separated over under four and a half. I'm gonna I'm gonna go under there. You know, did you see LeBron uh, tweet out that Luca is his favorite player to watch under 25 years old? Luca is. Uh, I, I feel like him and Tatum are on this like path where I think Luca is maybe a step or two ahead as far as getting to that superstar status. Just because the last two years preseason, Luca was your favorite to win. You know, the NBA MVP. So he's already getting that respect. So. I don't think Draymond Green is going to step to Luka because I think Draymond Green deep down knows that he can't stop Luka. Nobody can because of the rules and his size and his strength and his footwork. But I'm going to go under that number. I think Draymond kind of knows his role. There's no one stopping Luka. 
I think Draymond goes right at him. I'm going <laughs> over on that one. I do. I, I just think that it's like, even if you know you can't stop him, you're just pissed off. Right, right. So you just like all of a sudden, I don't. All right, I'm gonna go a couple over unders in this game. Draymond Green, seven and a half points. Seven. That's it. Seven. That's it. And a, oh, I'm gonna go under. I mean, when you know under. Yeah, when you you know when you see a line that that's when it's weird. I in life have this philosophy. If I see something that's weird, I go towards it. I think yeah. that's a weird number. I'm gonna. It's so low that I'm gonna go under it. Ooh. All right. I always have a philosophy. Always follow someone, man or woman, in a cape. I did. I did it twice in college, and it was an unbelievable night. Uh, Jalen Brunson over under nineteen and a half points. I'm gonna go under just because the role players for Dallas have been day and night at home and on the road. Now, game seven to Phoenix was a little bit of an anomaly. But before that, you know, game two, after they got whacked by Phoenix, Jason Kidd came out and said, Luka needs more help. Now, he got the help at home. But the fact that this game's on the road, Brunson has to get to 20. I'm going to go under. I am too. I I think under. Luka, 33 and a half. Wow, that's a huge. That's a lot of points. I know, but that's like one of those bets that if you bet under, you're just depressed oh, you're for two and a half hours. Oh, you're, it's, <laughs> so is the, hey, so is the next one. Curry, 27 and a half. Both of those. They're horrible. They're yeah. awful, those two. You know, we, we, you, the gambling shows that I do across different landscapes, whether it's NBA TV or CBS Sports, you really can't say with conviction, oh, you got to take under on that. It's like, because you know Curry can get hot for like 20 and a quarter. <laughs> you know Luca's going to have the ball every single possession. Like, I, there's a few bets I like making. I love betting Giannis over rebounds. Now, he had multiple games where he had 20 rebounds. Because, you know, I watched Giannis go hard in the skills competition in Cleveland. So I know he's going to get 10 rebounds. So it's like, all right, all he's going to do is get like four more rebounds. He's going to go over that number. But Giannis over rebound. And then Luka triple-double. Him and Jokic triple-double. Like they get so close every single game and you're getting plus odds. But I couldn't go under on either Doncic or Curry. That's just too tough of a stomach for me. Yeah, I know. I, I thought those numbers were interesting. But, hey, look, they are what they are. I, I, I would never go under either because they always have the ball. Who did I bet on? I bet on somebody, and it was so frustrating. They never got the ball. It was in round one. The guy kept hitting the over. Who the hell was? And it was, like, off of rebounds and all that crap. And I'm like, this is terrible. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so give me Doncic, who's got the ball all the time, going on and over. Uh, you like uh, you like Dallas in the series, and you like the Celtics in the series. Correct. I think that'd be a great matchup. You know, viewership for the uh, the NBA playoffs are up across all platforms, which is awesome. Now, you know, the bubble got political. And some people said that they weren't going to watch. I don't want to name names. You know, my dad. But sure enough, he's back. You know, like they're back watching again, like because it's basketball, and that's what we grew up watching. Because you know, my dad told me we were going to get a scholarship either way, either. We're going to get Division One scholarships or a scholarship to the Marine Corps. And I was like, out there dribbling all day the next day. I remember him telling me that. I was like, okay, we're going to go out there. God bless the, the, the veterans that have fought for the country. That was just, it scared the you-know-what out of me. So, uh, yeah, viewership is up. There's some great young superstars. You know, a little bit of a transition of power to some of these young guys. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting series. I, I just, I love Dallas. I think you're getting great value with the Mavs. Appreciate you, brother. 
Thanks for coming on. That's great. That's fun. That's really fun. Look at this. Look at this. A boy, a ball, a dream. Dream. <laughs> the Tim Doyle. <laughs> the the story. Uh, thanks, my friend. Uh, thanks, my friend. That is the great Tim Doyle. At Tim Doyle 00 on Twitter and follow his son at Chicago Joe, Joe Doyle. Toughest dude you're ever going to see, Chicago Joe, man. Toughest dude ever at Chicago Joe Doyle. That's it. There you go. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. Timmy Doyle came on the show and just made it magical, ladies and gentlemen. Just absolutely magical. Very happy. Thanks to Tim for taking time with us. Let's go to Today in Stupidity. A lot of stupidity going around, and let's start out in the NBA. Today in NBA Stupidity, let's go to Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo was playing a game with his son, allegedly. Rajon Rondo then decided, his wife decided she wanted to take their son or his partner. Rajon Rondo threw a fit in front of the kids, ripped the game console out of the wall, and decided that it was a good idea to lose his ever-loving mind, and guess what? Leave and come back, allegedly pointing a gun and threatening death to his family. Now, look, I understand you can get mad about a number of things. I understand you can get mad uh, at your wife or your partner or your baby mama or your cousins, your aunts, I, everybody. I understand you can get mad, but I don't know that coming back and banging on the back door, allegedly, with your gun with your kids in the house towards the mother is a very bright thing to do. And I'm going to be fascinated to see whether or not Rajon Rondo gets charged with anything. Like, I always assume, I don't, I don't, I have a gun. I got a gun because I'm thinking people are starting to get a little too brazen and a little too nuts. But I don't think taking the gun and flashing it around anytime, anywhere is a very smart thing to do. It's just my opinion on things. Doesn't mean I'm right. But Rajon Rondo, this is about the third or fourth thing that he has been involved in, and that ain't very smart, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, it's incredibly stupid. And if he did it, I hope he gets prosecuted. If, I, if he didn't, then shame on his partner, baby mama, that uh, decided to make this a deal. But if he did it, dude ought to go to jail you're, or get some help because you're freaking nuts. Speaking of nuts, why doesn't everybody listen to me? You know, my friend Chris Felica, the bear, he listens to me. And he always says, how are you always right on NBA players? Like, I told the world that Crispus Porzingis 
had awful eyes. I watched him work out. He was never going to be a great player. He might put up good numbers, but whoever drafted him, in this case it was the Knicks, would end up in the lottery, period. I told you, George, uh, Paul George, a complete fraud in the playoffs. I told you that Chris Paul's leadership, complete fraud. I told you all this on national TV on Mike and Mike. And I also told you that Marvin Bagley Jr. was a selfish, bad teammate. And I did it, ladies and gentlemen, in a game at Virginia Tech. And I mean, people lost their minds on me. The Dukies were coming out of the woodwork. People, Shashevsky didn't comment on it. Shashevsky, I don't listen to announcers. Well, he, you know, okay, fine. But Bagley commented, I'm not a selfish. Hey, look, but real Duke fans, you knew what I knew. So here comes a 2018 draft. A lot of guys calling me. A lot of guys. I'm not, I don't mention who called me on what. But a lot of guys that had early in the draft called me, said, hey, why did you make that comment about Bagley? What did you see? And I explained to them. I explained that when you're at a game, you can see things differently than when you're at home. And I saw a selfishness about him. I saw him be lazy. I saw an inattention to coaching. I saw a bad interaction with teammates. Well, you know who else saw that? The, the Boston Celtics. Do you know who didn't see that? The freaking unbelievable Sacramento Kings. Look, DeAndre Ayton was going to be the first pick in the draft. It just came down to who do you want. I never heard from the Kings. I did hear from the Mavericks. I did hear from the Suns. They asked me about Bagley. I told them about Bagley. They did not make their decision on Bagley based on me. I don't even think that. I'm just saying. So what does the Sacramento Kings do? They go draft Marvin Bagley instead of Doncic. Now, hindsight's 20-20. There's no question. Hindsight's 20-20, but I don't know. It seems to me you got a lot of people scouting in Europe, and a kid as young as Doncic who was as experienced as Donchick, I don't know, seems like a better selection than an entitled pain in the backside, Marvin Bagley. Hasn't worked out for the Sacramento Kings. I don't even know what coach they're on, but I know they just got Mike Brown to come out there and coach. And Bagley's been, eh. Oh, man, Bagley got a triple-double. I can get a triple-double. Do you help your team win? The answer is no. Uh, this I'll just never understand. I'm sorry. I know we're all, we're all God's children. I know that we have to, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, acquiesce to everybody. We've got to make sure that everybody, uh, you know, whatever. But I got to tell you, this is incomprehensible. This should never be tolerated. A manager at an Arby's decided it was sexually gratifying to urinate in the mix of shakes that Arby provides. There is a guy named Stephen Sharp. He's a night manager at a Washington Arby's. He was caught on video urinating into a supply of the franchise's store 
milkshake mix. All right. You think that's bad enough, right? Man, that's really bad. Your ass should go to prison for a long time for this. You should never be allowed to work in any type industry. But I got to tell you, that wasn't the worst for this guy, Sharp. No, no. He urinated at least twice in the company's milkshake mixture. He told authorities he did it for sexual gratification and is almost sure that he discarded the contaminated mix. But if he hadn't, it would have been served up the next day. All right. How about this? That's not the worst of it. Police said they initially obtained surveillance footage that showed the suspect urinating in the mix after an investigation alleged that this guy Sharp possessed and sold dozens of photos and videos related to the sexual exploitation of children, which he confessed to downloading and distributing. So this guy, you think the worst thing he's doing is peeing in a cup. You think the worst thing this guy's doing is urinating in your milkshake. No. Four counts of possession of depictious of the pictures of minors engaged in sexually explicit conduct, four counts of dealing depictions of minors engaging in sexually explicit conduct, and assault. I told you yesterday, there are some whack jobs in our country, and you're not going to stop them. You just hope you catch them. You hope you catch them, you hope you punish them, and frankly, you hope that they get caught. Period. That's how I look at the world. Right, wrong, happy, sad, angry, or glad. That is how Double D looks at the world. I'm going to go third person. All right, let's continue this stupidity. You know, I got, what's the word that guys and gals use these days? I'm so over this. I am so over digging into the 10-year, 20-year, 30-year tweets not 30 years, it's 10 years, tweets of folks. I'm so done with it. I'm so done with it, I can't even tell you. Nestor Cortez is a pitcher for the Yankees, and a very good pitcher. Apparently, as a 27-year-old, he now has to answer for tweeting rap lyrics when he was 17. Now look, I get it. This is the world we live in. Oh my God, you said this 10 years ago. Oh my, okay, so you, oh my God, Nelson Cortez, you sent this 10 years ago. I always ask this question. What's the end game? You're exposing this guy as a typical teenager that tweeted rap lyrics. Okay. What's the end game? What's the end game, little Twitter investigator? What's the end game, you little guy, you that's out there searching, hoping, praying, we find something nefarious in the Twitter world of Nestor Cortez 10 years ago? What's the end game here? Somebody tell me, well, I want to get him fired. Why? Well, I want to expose him. He's racist for tweeting rap lyrics. 10 years ago? 
Let he who is without sin cast the first stone, I always say. I always say. <laughs> Damn. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe maybe there's money in going back and looking at the tweets of 17-year-olds. Oh my god. 10 years ago you said this, really? Okay. Oh my god, 8 years ago. 20 years ago. Okay. Well, what do you want me to do? What's the end game? I want you fired. For what? You rapped lyric tweeted. Okay. Somebody had a great line um, about the horse that won the Kentucky Derby. So we're going to go back and look at his tweets 10 years ago. It is absolutely asinine. And if you want to keep, it's never going to stop. But if you want to keep doing it, keep doing it. At Dan Dock, it's my Twitter handle. Uh, This week in golf stupidity, Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson is only giving into the crowd, assuming there's no federal investigation, assuming that Phil Mickelson's one problem is the words that he spoke about the new Saudi tour. All right? So, Phil Mickelson is being a fool for not playing in the PGA. I think he's just being a fool. I think at some point, you just have to stand up, thumb your nose at it, and go about your business. Because let's be honest, he's not going to be the defending champ ever again of any major championship. He gets to be the defending champ this week in Tulsa, and I think he's making a hell of a mistake by not playing. The PGA Tour said publicly he was welcomed. I don't know if he was or not. Hell, I don't believe everything I read, but even if he's not, who cares? I'm the defending champ. I'm eligible to play. If you're going to suspend me, then go ahead and make it a very public suspension. Let's go. But I think it's just dumb. I think what he said, okay, it's over. You move on. That's how I look at it. Again, I look at the end game. What the hell's the end game? What the hell's the end game in all this? Uh, You want him what? You want to take all his money? You want him publicly flogged? You want him drugged behind a boat uh, with no water skis? You want him, what, banned from ever playing golf on any golf course ever? What do you want? I mean, the end game, I think, is important. I think the end game is big. I do. So tell me what the hell the end game is, and I'll go with it. I just don't know. All right, how to bet today. Had a bad one yesterday. I took Arsenal, who got their brains beat out by Newcastle, two to nothing in the Premier League. I need a comeback. And here's my slump buster, baby. The Miami Heat. I'd like to get rid of that hook. If I could just make it minus one tonight against the Celtics, that'd be good by me. Look, Tim Doyle and I talked about it. I do think the Heat have been sitting there waiting. I do think the Celtics are coming down from a hell of a series. I do think it's a quick turnaround. And I do think all of that hurts the Celtics. But I also believe this is a very professional team. And professional means a couple of things in the NBA. One, it means that you keep yourself out of trouble. Two, it means no matter where you play, you play the same way. I mean, that's basically 
what being a pro means. And I would, I would venture a guess three, you continuously work on your craft. Those three things seem to be important to me anyway, as a professional. And the middle one is applicable here. Obviously the Celtics have worked on their game. They've stayed out of trouble. Hope smarts uh, back and healthy. But the truth of the matter is you're also playing against a team that's pretty good. There's a saying in college basketball coaches, you know that other team's on scholarship too. So the Celtics are terrific, great series, but that other team over there, the Heat, they're on scholarship too. And I would argue this. I would argue that Tyler Hero usually is pretty good early in a series, and I would argue that Tyler Hero is going to have a pretty big game tonight. And I would also, and I am going to, I'm going to take the heat. I'm going to give the one and a half just because. Well, because I think they're going to win based on the circumstance. Now, I wouldn't do this. Uh, I won't do this for game two. But game one, I think the heat win five, seven, nine, something like that. I don't think anybody blows anybody out in this series. And if they do, it may be early and then everybody makes a comeback. We settle in and we play games. But I do like the heat. I also tonight like the Panthers. I like the Panthers for one reason and one reason only, and it's pretty similar to why I like the Heat. Circumstance. Whoever would be the home game in the Panthers-Lightning series right now, in game one, I would take. Panthers are the home team. Both are coming off way tough series, really tough. Overtime games, tough games, seven-game stretches. So I'm going to take the home team just simply because it's the home team. Last year, they had a hell of a series. Last year, the Lightning got out of it. Last year, the Lightning won their back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. I don't know who's the better team. I think they're both terrific. Panthers, better team in the regular season. But again, I go back to short turnaround for both. The only advantage that I can see is home ice. Now, I'm telling you, and I know hockey purists that actually agree with this. I also know hockey purists that think I'm full of crap. Either way is fine with me. But the truth of the matter is um, there's a lot of luck involved in the playoffs. Ball goes off a scare. Puck goes off a skate. Ricochets. You know what I'm saying. There's a lot of luck. All of a sudden, I'm in front of the net, and I tip it just perfectly to where the goalie isn't. ton of luck in this. So that negates everything, in my humble opinion. But I am going to take the money line. It's a little pricey. It's minus 170, so you're paying $70 in juice, meaning it, you got to bet $170 to get 100 back, which means you'd get 270 back. You'd get your bet back plus the 100. The other way, and maybe this is the way to go, plus 145, meaning you bet on the lightning, you bet 100 bucks, you get $145 back. If you lose, you only lose 100. You don't lose 170. I know I explained that kind of fast, but, hey, it is what it is. Anyway, that's how I'm looking at tonight. I do think if you're going to make one bet, and this is what I am going to do, I am going to take the heat and only the heat. I'm going to take them. I am. That's the bet I'm going to make. So there you go. Also, last thing before I let you go. I am, ladies and gentlemen, in the Celtics game tonight. I want to make sure I got the points right. I am going to take, because I do think he comes out, I'm going to take Tyler Hero over 14 and a half points. I think Tyler Hero's good in series, and I don't think that number is too high. I mean, let's be honest. He plays starters minutes. You go get four points a quarter. I mean, that's sitting there 16 points, and you win. I think he'll do pretty well. I think he'll play well tonight. 
So I would take over 14 and a half with Tyler here. I'm going to take the heat minus one and a half. So at least that bet flows a little bit. And then I'm going to take the Panthers over to Lightning for one reason and one reason only. Home ice, baby. Tomorrow we'll preview, uh, again, the Mavericks and the uh, Warriors. We'll also get into what the hell Wednesday. So if you see anything stupid, I've already seen a few things that I've sent on to Dylan and I've sent on uh, to the uh, to the fellas. Also, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I don't know if you know this, but if you are a fan of the show, I mean, what are you doing? You got to go to don't at me on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. We have a new Twitter handle. It's called don't at me DD. We got 110 of you in there. Yeah, let's get it to 1,000 by the end of the day. There's a glare there. Don't at me, DD. So go there. There's a lot of stuff. We've already got basically everything that we've done today put on there. All right? I want you all to have a great day. It is beautiful here in Indianapolis. I'm going to go and roll around in the grass. I'm going to go do a show noon to 3, 107.5 The Fan. Hope you'll join me. Thank you all that were on the YouTube chat. Uh, Dylan, Ryan, Corey, Davey, thank you all for all of the help getting this set up. 1075, the fan is the number. Go, ladies and gentlemen, don't at me, DD is the official Twitter site of this guy. Have a great, great afternoon. Enjoy. Doc, it's out.